We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Right now at T-Mobile, get an awesome iPhone XR on us when you bring your family over and trade in your old device. Because whether you have mom, dad, or a friend on your mind, it's a gift so bold and brilliant, you'll want to keep it for yourself. Most importantly, it's on us in six vibrant colors. Plus, with unlimited everything from T-Mobile, the awesome iPhone XR will have everyone snapping, streaming, and sharing to their heart's content all year long. But don't wait. It's only for a limited time. So visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE and get iPhone XR on us. If congested, customers using more than 50 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds due to prioritization. Video at 480p via 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers plus tax. Qualifying trade-in, port-in, service, and finance agreement required. Contact us before canceling our credit stop and remaining balance due. 64 gigs, zero down, plus 3125 per month for 24 months. Pre-credit price, 749 0% APR. One offer per account. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you by MyBookie.ag. I am Nathan Powell, your host for this evening, and today we'll be joined by my good friend, my excellent friend, Dan Senior. shortly. He is dealing with all of his kids that he has at home. I think he has like 12 kids. Who knows? But uh, in in the meantime, I am joined by a wonderful, wonderful guest of 444 fame, of DLF fame, of all of the fames you can have, as well as Twitter fame, Jeff Miller. How's it going tonight, bud? I am very, 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 very famous. I am tremendously famous. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're not famous, then you probably shouldn't even be on a podcast. If you have to tell people you're famous, that's definitely a good sign that you're famous. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure like A-Rod just walks in a room and says, yeah, I'm famous, guys. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, that's, I think that's fair. I think that if you if you have to announce yourself, then clearly you're important. And if people know who you are, then uh, then that doesn't mean anything. 
All right. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. So tonight, just a little rundown of the show. We are going to be doing a Week 12 recap to start the show. You know, basically the thing we do every week, talk about a few players who have big games, bad games, good games, whoever, whatever it may be. And then we're going to switch over to sometimes we do a game in the second half. This game is kind of a game, but more so just a breakdown of value of players. We're going to do a little bit of a free agency preview. Some people are out of the playoffs. Some people are ahead of the playoffs and looking towards next year. So let's look at some guys who are entering free agency in a bit of a this or that scenario. Um, but before we get into that, uh, a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network in our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all your fantasy questions. Pagership starts at just $5 per month and provides exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $5. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network grow and continue to produce high quality, interesting leading con- content and programming. Usually it's the second host, but I'm host number two today. So I'm going to say, speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off a Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Season is here. It's almost over, but that doesn't mean that you can not get Rotoviz. If you don't have Rotoviz right now, get it right now, win your fantasy playoffs, and then you'll pay for your Rotoviz Pass next year, and then some. There you go. Season is here. Uh, gain limited access to all of our NFL content and tools. So you get amazing value and support the podcast network. So, I mean, honestly, that's the best part. Like, you hear us grinding, so you want to pay us, um, get us a couple nickels, and we'd very much appreciate that. All right. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't want to uh, anger the gods at 4 for 4 because they're wonderful. But Thanksgiving was a few days ago, and I had the owner, the honor of having the owner of Rotoviz up at my house for a Thanksgiving dinner. Nick and, and his wife, Dina, were up there, up here, rather, and uh, they're super awesome, amazing, fantastic people. So don't just support the podcast, support Nick and Dina. They're awesome. Yeah, I, I know that Fantasy Douche has kind of stepped away from Rotoviz a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of hoping you were going to say him, because, like, I don't think anyone's actually seen him in real life. I think he's, like, <laughs> a mythical creature, but also, like, just a genius that is way smarter than all of us anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think his real name is Frank. He's totally uh, stepped back. Yeah, Nick is Nick is the the sole guy there now. He doesn't do much on the NFL side. He's famous for his NASCAR DFS hot takes. Um, but but uh, like I said, super people. Uh, it was really awesome to have him up here. So if uh, if uh, you want to throw him some shekels, you could certainly be giving your money to worse people. All righty, let's get it started. Uh, Jeff, I know you're an award winning listener of the show. Uh, we mentioned the Browns at least once every podcast. So we have to start off with Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. Certainly they've had big games before, but I think that I would call week 12 their breakout week. They're like, this is our, our show. We are the, you know, QB1, RB1 futures of the NFL. Not necessarily the top one or whatever, but I'm saying like this is where they showed, you know, we're the future of this league. Uh, where are you on, on these two guys? Are you, you know, higher than everybody else? Or are you kind of fading with everyone getting too excited? What are your thoughts on these two? So Baker was my favorite quarterback coming out. Uh, I'm no great evaluator of quarterback talent, though. So the fact that he's looks like he's going to be the best prospect in this class is more dumb luck than anything from from at least my prognostication. But yeah, I love the guy. I love I, all the all the negatives people had about him. I think are positives. Honestly, this idea that he can't be this brash leader type, I think, is is ridiculous, and it really works, especially for a team that needs 
kind of their own identity. You know, the Browns' identity for two decades has been that they're terrible. And so when you have a guy out there on the field that's capable of leading in the way he leads, I think it's awesome. The, the fact that that he can back that up and that he's been backing that up, albeit with a very easy schedule that continues through the end of the season, uh, I, I think it's fantastic. I love everything about Mayfield. I haven't uh, addressed my dynasty rankings in the last few weeks. I'm not sure where I have him. But just kind of off the top of my head, I don't know how he's not a QB1 in Dynasty right now. Just He's got to be in that top 12, and not just in the top 12, but I think comfortably so. And as loaded as that position is right now, compared to, especially compared to where it was two or three years ago, uh, that's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty big sort of an honor. That's not nothing to be in the top 12 nowadays. Yeah, and certainly, I mean, I think he's kind of cemented himself of the past couple classes just behind Mahomes as the, the best quarterback of the last two classes, not just the best quarterback of this class, which he went top overall, so it's kind of expected. But, you know, he's lived up expectations. And as we've talked about every week, we love the weapons on, on this Browns team, so that was only voted well for May- Mayfield and his future. Uh, so Nick Chubb, uh, some people were down on him entering the season because or entering his you know career just because of the, the injuries during college or maybe a lack of a, a receiving game prowess. You know, Sonny Michelle got some of the, that receiving work. And then they said, okay, Duke Johnson's going to go all the receiving work in Cleveland, which is still certainly the case. But uh, do you think that uh, Nick Chubb has, you know, a top six, top eight running back ceiling, or is he more of a, you know, low end RB1? Question is whether or not he can catch 25, 30 balls in a season. If he can, he can be Marshawn Lynch. It, that's that's kind of what it takes. If you want to be a mid to high end RB1, it's almost impossible in today's NFL if you don't catch kind of in that 25 to 30 pass range. Uh, on the season, he only has, I think, nine or 10, maybe. It's, it's, I believe he's still in single digits, whatever it's at. Now, granted, he's only been a starter for what, five, six weeks now. So there's still time to build on that. Uh, but yeah, if he can get to that, to that 25, 30 sort of a pass catch, pass catching, catching passes, receiving passes, hauling in passes. If he can do that thing, then yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, again, there's another guy I actually just looked at my rankings and I have him at RB 13 right now. Maybe that changes a little bit pending another update. Uh, again, RB is so loaded compared to where it was a couple of years ago. Uh but he's he's at the very least a fringe RB1 in Dynasty. Super crazy talented. The explosion that he has at that size is just absolutely ridiculous. In an offense, on the come, I really like Nick Chubb a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, and I think that if someone's going to use the Duke Johnson excuse for why they don't want to elevate Nick Chubb too far in the rankings right now, I think that's more of an argument for how good the Browns' offense can be, that they can use Chubb as a running threat and a receiving threat. And then on third down, pretty much that's going to be Duke Johnson's down. He's going to be the guy who's getting you know the third and eight type snaps. And that's just how it's going to be as Duke Johnson has been very good with at it. He's gotten the contract extension. He's going to be there for a while. So maybe there's a little bit of a cap ceiling with Chubb, but I don't think it's – one to where you're like fading him, even if he's valued as like a top 10 dynasty running back. Yeah. I mean, to see him in that same sentence as Saquon Barkley is a little bit difficult because of the pass catching, but I did just take a look in his last four games. He's caught nine passes, which works out to around 30 in a season, give or take. And he has two touchdowns through, you know, receiving the ball in the last two games, three receptions, each of the last two games, 33 and 44 yards, a touchdown in each. 
I mean, they're, they're starting to diversify a little bit with him. And it's not like he's going to get worse at catching passes as he gets older. So if this is a skill set that, that he can continue to develop and can even push maybe 35, 40 receptions, you know, then then it's easier to look at him at the top of the tier right below these amazing combination backs like David Johnson when things are right in Arizona and Saquon Barkley and Todd Gurley and all of those. All right, let's move on to our next one. We're going to discuss a little bit of Andrew Luck. This guy was one of the more polarizing players in Dynasty's past offseason. Some people thought with the shoulder that he's done, he's not going to be any good. He's a you know high-end QB2 at best. And I think certainly he's proved that notion wrong entering the season or you know throughout this this season. But for me, the number one thing for Andrew Luck's dynasty value in his future, yes, he's he's shown uh, that his shoulder is returning to to form and he's playing well. But the number one thing for me is his ability to get rid of the ball. You know, at the beginning of his career, it was like, yes, he's getting all these stats, but this can't be good because he's taking a, a beating every single game, getting three, four sacks a game, getting hits on top of that. But now he's like the least hit quarterback in the NFL. And certainly that, that can change year to year. But I think that when he is learning to release the ball earlier, to get a quicker drop back, and then also has improvements on the offensive line, those three things are so much more important than anything he's done, you know, at the beginning part of his career, you know, and the, certainly the, the Colts might add weapons because it's pretty barren after T.Y. Hilton uh, in the offseason. But for me, I, I was bullish on on luck as people started to fade him last offseason. Certainly people aren't fading him now, but I'm I'm very optimistic with uh, his path protection and his ability to, you know, protect himself this year. He The last eight games, he's scoring at just under 24 points a game. It, it took him a few weeks to kind of get his legs under him. There was maybe some arm strength issues uh, that the people were concerned about, but he's been unreal for two plus months or two months now, I guess. Um, he's so good. It, it's easy to forget how good he is considering how bad the teams have been that he's been on, how long he's been out, how bad the coaching has been for him. But you get him with a competent coach, you get him with a finally, for the first time in his career, an offensive line that isn't, you know, bottom six or eight in the league. My Lord, uh, you know, I keep going back to the rankings, but he's like a top five or six guy. I know he's 29, so he's, you know, not super young anymore. But my God, has he has he been so good and he, and he keeps getting better. I mean, last week was his best game of the season. He completed 81% of his passes and he threw 37 of them. It's not like he did, you know, that he was some weird conservative game plan. A couple of long passes to Hilton. Uh, he's he's ridiculous right now and super consistent and he's staying upright. Yeah, I mean, this may be a bit, bit of cherry picking, but I remember earlier in the offseason, we were kind of comparing, oh, do we want Jimmy Garoppolo or do we want Andrew Luck at the quarterback position in Dynasty? And that certainly looks ridiculous, certainly in hindsight because of the injury. But even without the injury, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the talent at quarterback that Andrew Luck is. Uh, so I'd much rather have Andrew Luck then and now, of course. Uh, but, you know, just looking back, that's a, a funny thing to think, oh, we were that dumb to think that was a toss-up. So... It's sad, it's sad they wasted so many years of his career with crappy offensive lines and everything else. It's kind of kind of stinks. It's who knows what kind of numbers he could have put up, especially in the past happy NFL that, that we have today. Maybe he could have could have pushed guys like like Peyton Manning towards the end of his career. So uh, it's a little it's a little depressing, but at least we have him now. I mean, he's still 29, which I mean, certainly at running back wide receiver, that's more of a thing to to, to worry about. But at quarterback in today's NFL, 29 is like 25 years old, so I'm not worried about. <laughs> this this is this is very 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 true. All right, let's move on to Josh Allen. Uh, some may say that he's a tall guy. He's a quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. 
and he's a guy who has certainly been a bit of a boom bust play this year. He has a pair of 28 point uh, P, uh, PPR, of course, 28 point uh, games. Uh, and then not much else in his other games played about one, two, three, four, uh, six other games played. Um, so he's been boom bust. And it's kind of what we saw as a prospect. You know, he makes the big plays, but also makes the huge mistakes. Um, but I guess the, the one big takeaway from yesterday's game, 99 rushing yards and the touchdown, which certainly is going to help his, his fantasy production. Uh, do you see Josh Allen as a viable long-term asset or do you see him as a guy that is just going to be too inconsistent? I don't, I don't trust Josh Allen and I don't trust his organization, which is kind of like a double whammy, you know, maybe in the ideal situation when it would come to his coaching staff, it's easy to say Andy Reid with what Mahomes has done in his second year, but you get a guy like Andy Reid, who's got such a great track record with quarterbacks over his career, a situation like that, then, then maybe I would have a little bit more faith, but Buffalo has been a revolving door for coaches. I don't think that that their situation is any better now than it has been in terms of coaching in front office. The team's not very good. He's got no weapons around him. I just I don't I don't see how this ends well. I, you know how how many years is he going to get before they you know before they completely bail on him? And will they give him enough time to maybe get a competent staff in there or to get him some weapons? It's he's just there's there's too much that he doesn't do well for him to do everything on his own. So almost independent of what I think about Josh Allen as a player, it's this is a really hard spot to succeed. It's the same with Josh Rosen in Arizona, who I liked much more than Josh Allen. I just I just don't see it. If I if there was somebody in my league that was willing to take Josh Allen off of my hands, especially like two quarterback and super flex leagues, I would be happy to do it and I would just write off the the mid to late first round pick that I used on him. So, so what what pick would you take in Superflex right now? Uh, if somebody dangled like a high second, I would do backflips. Especially, yeah, like especially in a Superflex league because quarterbacks push other picks down, you know, push other picks down the board. I know that this this upcoming draft class isn't real quarterback heavy, so the value at the end of the first round, top of the second, might not be as good as it was this year. But I just, I really want no part of Josh Allen at this point. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, that, that's fair, and I, I think that the most most people would part with Josh Allen. I mean, the, the least they would part with with him for would be like a two hundred four, two hundred five. Um, I think that would be the minimum. But for me, my, my opinion on Josh Allen is it's very similar to the Blake Bortles situation, where throughout Blake Bortles' entire career, the fantasy community has hated him, and certainly Josh Allen hasn't put up the, put up the points that Blake Bortles has throughout his career, but it's at the point where you can't sell Josh Allen for a profit. So I'm fine buying him hoping that one day I could get a profit later on. And if not, I'll ride the points of a starting quarterback in Superflex, which is a valuable asset no matter how bad they are. I, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, like you said, once you get into 204, 205, picks are so basically worthless anyway. They're basically just coin flips. So if if that's if you're just going to spend that 205 on another quarterback that probably isn't going to work out, then maybe buying somebody like Allen for that for that value isn't isn't such a bad thing necessarily. And you're right, he is going to put up, he is going to be a starter for at least a couple of more years, even if he's only scoring you know 11 or 12 points per game. And his le- his legs do give him a reasonable floor. I understand that. I'm just I'm I'm more worried about anything actual long term. So I just if you view him for what he is, I'm fine with it. If you if you try to make him more than he is, then then. And I'm the wrong guy to talk to, I guess. All righty. Let's do our final player before we get into our free agency game. 
and it's going to be Austin Eckler. This is a guy we've talked about a number of times on this podcast, and it's so hard to figure out his value. He's behind a workhorse back in Melvin Gordon. But even with that, he's been getting his own touches when Melvin Gordon is healthy. And certainly when Melvin Gordon is out, Eckler has been getting, you know, a fair amount of touches. So we, we've said before that you kind of maybe you should just profit on Eckler by taking like a mid to late second. But honestly, at this point, I'm not sure that's exactly a profit. So I think, Jeff, that Eckler is uh, approaching. He's all, his points are always going to be worth more than his trade value. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think he fits the profile of a guy like that. We run into this you know, pretty pretty commonly in Dynasty Leagues where the production is is worth more than, than what you could get for him. It's more, more common, obviously, with older players. But guys like Eckler kind of fit that mold. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon touches the ball so much that injuries are going to happen. It's just kind of a fact of life. So to, to have a guy like this on your roster that's going to give you, in an average year, maybe two or three starts that are kind of mid to high-end RB2. And then if you're in a spot where you have a real bi-week heavy sort of a situation or you've got a bunch of injuries, you can plug him into your lineup and there's a decent chance he's just going to go off for 15 or 20 points, which he's done several times this year with Gordon in the lineup. And there's, there's value to a guy like that. And if all you're going to get is like a crappy second-round pick, like we just said, I mean, second-round picks don't pan out very often. I would I would rather have something that I feel real good about. Also, don't sell Justin Jackson short, who is suddenly the backup to Eckler. Super athletic guy, uh, really explosive, got some touches when Gordon went down. If he isn't owned in your league, he should be owned in your league. There's a possibility that he has a little standalone value as long as Gordon's out with maybe 10 to 12 touches. Eckler's not a big guy. He's like sub-200 pounds. Um, doesn't really profile as a 20 touch guy. So Jackson should get, get a shot at something here. So just uh, make sure he's owned in your league. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would, I would say he has gone from not ownable to he's at least worth the roster spot. Doesn't really have any trade value quite yet, but he's worth the roster spot. And that could turn into some trade value if Gordon misses some time. All righty. Sure. Watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talk about this for weeks. Some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing numbers on a roulette, you can create a big parlay, pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. There's so much to bet on. College basketball, college football, NBA, NFL, NHL, all sorts of awesome props, even esports. MyBookie is the one uh, bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews and their mobile site is easy. I say this every time I read this ad, but the most important site, uh, most important aspect of any site is the fact that they have mobile. Nobody actually uses computers anymore, Jeff. Like that's just ridiculous. Uh, Sign up this week on my bookie. It will give you a 50% uh, deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to start uh, and win even more money. Also make sure you follow at bet my bookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention in DM, not to mention they've given away more than $10,000 in free money their football to their followers for football season. Uh, the promo code is ROTOVIZ, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. You get a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code ROTOVIZ. You play, you win, you get paid. All righty, let's get into a little bit of a free agency preview action. We got a little bit of each position going on. Uh, we'll start off at the quarterback position. And I always say this whenever we talk in quarterback, even when you're comparing quarterbacks, it's important to say super flex. Because Superflex basically just means the, the career longevity and years matter more. So we'll say quarterback, Superflex, Tyrod Taylor, or Teddy Bridgewater, which free agent are you targeting right now? 
So I love Tyrod Taylor. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a, I'm a big Tyrod fanatic. But we don't know what his team is going to be. We don't know where he's going to be next year. We don't know if he's going to be backing up or if he's going to be starting or if it's a good spot or if it's a bad spot. We at least know where Teddy Bridgewater is. It's Do we? He's a free agent. Yeah, they're gonna like they 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 have to bring it back though, do they not? After they traded for him with Drew Brees being older, it seems like it seems like the probability of Teddy Bridgewater being in a good situation next year is much higher than Tyrod Taylor. How about that? Okay, I I, I can. I mean, I interrupted you, so keep on going. No, no, no. That's that's my best guess. Uh, if I had to pick one in a vacuum, I'm sticking with my boy. I know that I'm super duper in the minority there. But I think Teddy Bridgewater carries more value. I think he has a clearer path to long-term or medium-term fantasy relevance than Tyrod does. Tyrod is, is most likely at this point, no matter how good he plays anywhere, kind of pigeonholed into, into the year-to-year gap filler sort of a quarterback role. And I think Bridgewater still has an opportunity to transcend that. So I would take Bridgewater. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much breaks down how I see it. I, I see it as... Bridgewater's the guy who's more likely to start multiple years in the NFL for a football team. But I think Tyrod Taylor is much more likely to start NFL games next year, especially if Bridgewater yeah. ends up back in New Orleans, because then he's not starting over Drew Brees without an injury. So uh, if you're looking for, you know, a short-term guy, a guy who can fill in bye weeks next year, I think Tyrod's your guy. But overall, from a value perspective, also, I think the NFL teams have kind of seen what they've seen from Tyrod Taylor, and they're like, it, it is what it is. I think that there's a little bit of – you, you like the unknown with Teddy Bridgewater that he hasn't shown he's going to be bad yet. So why not go after him? So I, I think that the unknown is a little bit of the appeal involved in Teddy Bridgewater. I, I will say there's a better chance that some team throws a stupid amount of money at Teddy than they do at Tyrod this off season, which, which could certainly obviously pull him away from New Orleans. I haven't spent a bunch of time seeing, you know, what team is, is in a situation where they need a quarterback and what one isn't, but how about a team, how about a team like Jacksonville that just today is now benched Blake Bortles. I could see a team like Jacksonville throwing, throwing kind of like, you know, borderline starter money at Teddy and bringing him in and and doing it, you know, perhaps as the starter and then drafting a guy in the second or third round, sort of that, that kind of a situation. Um, I could, I could absolutely see a situation like that. So, uh, I, I do think that's more likely than Tyrod. If Tyrod gets a starting job next year, it's probably in a pretty undesirable situation. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's probably in a situation where he's backing up Justin Herbert or he's backing up Dwayne Hack. I mean, yeah. or, or he's, you know, the lead guy who ends up backing up those, those quarterbacks. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to an, our next pairing. I know that you love one of these two as well. Uh, Mark Ingram or Tevin Coleman? Uh, I've, <laughs> Mark Ingram is continues to be maybe the most undervalued running back in the history of fantasy football. Uh, it's getting tougher now because he's, I think he's going to be 29 to start next season. He's 28 now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he doesn't have as much wear and tear on his tires as most running backs at 29. And contrary to popular belief with, with running backs especially, it's not the age as much as it is the injuries that come with age slash mileage. So you look at a guy like Frank Gore, you know, how is he still successful in his mid-30s? Well, it's because he doesn't get injured. You know, It's a matter of just staying on the field. So Ingram has battled injuries at times, maybe making him less of a great candidate for that situation. But uh, you know, maybe he's got the ability to extend his career for a couple of years. Tevin Coleman's been fine in splashes, but he's been really disappointing since Freeman went down. 
this idea that that he's the next Jarek McKinnon, the next you know free agent running back that suddenly gets a big deal and starts somewhere. I just I'm not really seeing it. I don't know that based on what what he's done this year that any any NFL team's going to step up and and you know instill him as the automatic starter. So uh, you know, give me Mark Ingram, who I think is you know probably likely to be back in New Orleans. They like him. They don't seem keen on making Kamara a 25 touch guy. So I, I'm, I'm taking Ingram in that spot, especially considering I'm going to get immediate production out of him that I don't feel like I'm getting out of Coleman. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think that their immediate production is relatively similar because Tevin Coleman's a lead back, Ingram's lost split touches. But for me, I, I would take Tevin simply because I'm a value chaser. I'm looking for the guy who has the highest possible ceiling to sell at, especially as, as it creeps closer. And there's no scenario where Mark Ingram goes somewhere or stays in New Orleans and ends up being worth an early to mid first. There's going to be some landing spot that Tevin Coleman could possibly land and people go absolutely nuts and he's worth an early to mid first. And I'm fine flipping him at that point. Um, so simply for the fact that I think that there's going to be a higher arc of value throughout this offseason, I'm going Tevin. But I think that from a just a straight who would you take for the rest of their career? I think it's a pretty fair uh, swap. Fair enough. I can I can live with that. All right, let's go on to our next one. And this will kind of prove that the running back depth of this free agent class is very minimal. Uh, we have TJ Yeldon. And then I, I did a, a few backs, and I just, I've just i decided for the, the humor's sake, we'll do TJ Yeldon or Mike Davis, who almost made me dog, eat, made me eat dog poop, but I didn't eat dog poop. So, <laughs> so TJ Yeldon or Mike Davis, Jeff, we don't, we don't have to extend on this, but what are your thoughts on these two? I think this one is pretty easy. Uh, Bilal Powell is is 29 years old. Latavius Murray is not a guy who's getting a starting gig anywhere. Not that any of these guys are. Mike Davis is kind of falls into that mold of mid or late round running back that does a little bit here and there, maybe gets a shot somewhere. But the first time he has a bad game, he's pulled looking at Alex Collins this year. We see this so much with these guys. You know, Chris Carson is a two bad game stretch away from never touching the ball more than 10 times in a game again in his career. TJ Yeldon is the has the best combination of versatility and youth in in this entire menagerie of players he's shown this year uh, so very recently that that he is capable of being a productive player within a certain nfl role i think he's the most likely to sign somewhere and get a big role maybe latavius murray being the the second choice there i don't really see any dynasty value for mike davis or Bilal Powell at this point so it's got to be either murray or yeldon and i'm gonna put my money on yeldon I, I think he's a better player at this point i think the nfl probably likes him more as well yeah and if there's such thing as a feature second running back role i think that yeldon's gonna find himself in that role whether it's still in jacksonville because they've shown they clearly need a featured second running back role behind leonard fournette or just somewhere else that needs you know that receiving back I think Yeldon is just a poor man's Duke Johnson at this point. So I, I'm, I think he's a very fine fantasy value who's going to, you know, be startable whenever there's an injury or a bi-week film, even when there's not. So I do like Yeldon as a player, and I certainly certainly think there's no one in, there's no one in the nice community that we start saying, like, Yeldon's worth the first. But he's, you know, going to be serviceable. His points are going to be worth more than his trade value. So go with TJ Yeldon. All right, let's move on to the wide receiver position. And Golden Tate is the crown jewel of the class. But maybe there's someone who can compete with him in John Brown. He's had a bit of a breakout. He's had some up and down weeks, but certainly he's had some boom weeks as well. So Jeff Miller, Golden Tater, John Brown. This is the hardest one on the list for me. 
Uh, when I first looked at it this afternoon, I, I thought, "Ooh, I don't know. I'm an avowed John Brown guy. <clears throat> I've always, I've always been on the Golden Tate is underrated train. So these are a couple of guys that that I've stumped for over the years. The problem with Golden Tate is that he is almost thirty. Uh, the 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 reason that's a, an issue isn't just because you know he's getting on in years, and I know that John Brown is a little bit older than people probably think as well. He came into the NFL a little bit older than than most rookies. The biggest issue is that wide receivers have a tough time in their first year at with new teams and free agency. Uh, I. I know that there's been a lot of uh, work done on that. I can't think of like an article or study off the top of my head, but I know that I've come across them and it's a generally accepted fact, not just a narrative, but a generally accepted fact that that wide receivers do have troubles in that that first season. So if, if Tate goes somewhere else other than Philadelphia or for some reason back to Detroit, it seems like it might take him some time to get up to speed. Well, when you're 30 years old, that's that's a tall order. You know, it's really kind of limiting your long-term upside. That said, Philadelphia gave up a decent amount to get him in the trade. I know he hasn't done much for them yet, but he has been very highly targeted each of the last two weeks. I have to think he's in their long-term plans if he doesn't just completely fall on his face throughout the rest of the season. All of that said, no idea where John Brown's going to end up. He's a guy that should get paid decently this year. He's a guy that should be a number two somewhere, hopefully with a good quarterback. So I'll say this, as of right now today, give me Golden Tate. If John Brown ends up somewhere fun, I'll take him this off season. Yeah, I do think John Brown is more of the home run swing. But I think from an NFL perspective, the NFL is going to value Golden Tate higher. He's going to get the bigger contract. He's going to get the more targets. So uh, when in doubt, I'm just going to go with the safer guy, the guy that's going to get more money, and I'll go with Golden Tate. But I, I won't say that this could easily burn me and John Brown ends up being like a mid-wide receiver too this time next year. Yeah, if Tate like takes the money and goes somewhere awful like Buffalo, which by the way, never fault a guy for taking the money. I'm so on board with that. But let's say Buffalo throws a bunch of money at Golden Tate, which they might do. They certainly need somebody like Golden Tate. And John Brown ends up in a nice spot, say, oh, I don't know, Philadelphia. <laughs> like I, I'm taking John Brown. Like there, there is a world where where – it works out like that. I don't know that that's super crazy, terribly likely. I don't know Golden Tate. I don't know what where he's at at this point in his career. I don't know if he would rather have the money or if he'd take a discount to play for a better team. Uh, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, there's a scenario where I prefer John Brown. But, yeah, Golden Tate certainly is going gonna, is gonna to have his pick of teams, I would think, much more so than Brown. All right, let's move on to our next pairing, and it is Randall Cobb of the Green Bay Packers. Almost certainly will not be a Green Bay Packer uh, <laughs> after this offseason. And Quincy Anuma of the New York Jets. Where you got here? I no. Do I have to? <laughs> like, I get, I get the Quincy Anuma thing. Um, he was, he was really good pre neck injury. He did a lot of things that were very helpful to his team. He did some things that were helpful to fantasy owners in that kind of possessiony low upside sort of a way. But this year's been kind of a lost year between in the struggles. It's just I don't know how he lands in a good situation next year. You know, unless he stays with the Jets, I'm just I'm not sure how he's even a wide receiver three next year in fantasy. I, I don't he's not going to get paid that kind of money. He's not going to be highly coveted. It's I, I have a real hard time seeing him having great value next year. 
I have almost as hard of a time with Randall Cobb, but we all know how the NFL works. It's you get 150 chances. And so Randall Cobb has performed at a really high level in his career. It's been a while. It just, it feels like he's going to have a much higher chance, a much better chance of ending up in a good situation than Anunma. So while I'm not enthusiastic about either of these guys, I think Cobb is probably your better bet to, to both put up numbers and return value. Yeah, this is certainly a toss up for me. I really don't care much about either. Um, I'm, you know, for the sake of it, I'm going to say a noon one because I think he has the higher upside. The guy who, if he stays with the Jets, maybe he has a shot of being like the wide receiver one in that offense. Obviously, that that's, that that doesn't fare well for Sam Darnold. And is, is his wide receiver one uh, in 2019. But still, uh, I'll take the swing with a noon one. I don't think I think that we've been waiting for Cobb to happen for the last like five years and it hasn't happened. And it's certainly not going to happen when he leaves Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, yeah, that, that's my take on on that one. Could you imagine if he ended up with the Raiders? We would have not been talking about Randall Cobb two years ago because he'd be out of the NFL. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is so special. He just keeps people relevant somehow. All right. Let's wrap up the show with the tight end position. Uh, my once beloved, my once first love, dear love, all the loves, Tyler Eifert or Jared Cook. I'll throw this off here just, just for the sake of it. Uh I'm done with Tyler Eifert. I don't think I can do this anymore. And not just because, like, okay, it's bad process to say I'm done with a player, but I legitimately think his career is over. I don't think that there, there's coming back from this many injuries. Yes, there's separate – oh, there's the elbow, there's the back, there's the neck, the, and now there's the ACL or whatever it was. Tyler Eifert, his career is done, and I'm just going to take the healthy guy. I'm going to take Jared Cook. And honestly, he pro- pro- profiles perfectly as the guy who returns to Oakland and ends up being a, you know, a solid target there. So I'm taking Jared Cook, but it's not like either of these guys are blowing up your fantasy pages anyways. I think this one depends entirely on where your team is. I think if your team is bad, you want Tyler Eifert. And I think if your team is good, you want Jared Cook. And the simple reason for that is Jared Cook is going to give you production now and probably next year and maybe the year after. And Tyler Eifert is obviously no sure thing, but a healthy Tyler Eifert, which I don't think we've seen since the mid seventies is a pretty special thing. And as we've seen with, with the Bengals, a really needed thing on that roster. I know that, that he's a free agent and and who knows if they bring him back. I think that team is, is in store for some crazy major transition this off season, depending on if Mike Brown is actually willing to do that. Of course, Marvin Lewis is going to retire and he's going to hire Hugh Jackson. It's going to be the exact same roster next year and it'll be the exact same thing. And if that's the case, they probably will bring back Eifert and give him a big role until he hurts himself again. Uh, Jared Cook is fine. He's fine. He's in 31. He's on a bad team. He'll probably be back because this is exactly the kind of guy that John Gruden is going to pay way too much money. He's fine. If you have a good team, Jared Cook is fine. If I have a bad team, Jared Cook doesn't do anything for me. He has no trade value. Like, what are you getting for Jared Cook in a deal? He's he's a, he's like a throw-in, uh, make a deal, go over the top if your trade partner doesn't have a tight end sort of guy. That's that's all his trade value is. Mm-hmm. So if I have a bad team, you know, gamble on Eifert. Yeah, that's certainly a valid point. And we'll wrap up the show. I want to let you guys know that you should recommend or you, you should uh, give us a five-star review. Uh, I'll recommend that you give us, a, uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes and rating on iTunes and all that good stuff. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. Anything you want to plug before you head out? Uh, 444.com. We have, uh, I'm the Twitter guy there. I run the social media. So if you like Twitter, 
follow us on Twitter. I write the uh, waiver wire watch. I write that deep into the night, Sunday night slash Monday morning, and we get that up every Monday afternoon. And uh, follow me on Twitter at FFJeffM. If you're okay with like 50% football and 30% nonsense and 20% politics. There you go. Je- Jeff, I will commend you. One of my favorite tweets of the offseason was the uh, let it snow, uh, Sean McCoy <laughs> uh, pictured, uh, you know, article that Chris Allen wrote. And Chris Allen, I remember him saying, like, this is the greatest tweet ever assembled. <laughs> Dude, they, they pay me to turn song lyrics into tweets. I get paid to be ridiculous on Twitter. It's probably the greatest job ever. If it paid, like, I don't know, four or five million a year, then it would definitely be the greatest job ever. Unfortunately, it only pays about two million a year. So I'm kind of slumming it over here. But, you know, we do the best we can with what we have. Alrighty, we miss you, Dan. We miss you, Eric. Uh, hopefully, some nah, hopefully, yeah, some let's, let's not go that far. I mean, you might miss them, but honestly, I never cared for either one of them, so I'm happy. <laughs> I'm super stoked about it. In fact, next time you want to have me on, if they're going to be here, I'm going to say no. <laughs> well, I mean, that's uh, just a little behind the scenes here. Uh, whenever I'm asking Jeff to be the guest, it's usually 12 minutes before the podcast starts. And the last time I did that, Jeff yelled at me. He's like, listen, stop asking me to ask to do the show 12 minutes before the podcast. And so then I was like scared to ever ask uh, Jeff again. And then I knew a little bit in advance. Okay, we're going to need a guest this week. And I asked him like six days in advance. And so we were good to go. Six days better than 12 months. I feel bad that I kept saying no to you guys. I didn't want you to think that like I was putting you off or whatever. I just, I have a wife and a kid and the whole last minute thing almost never works for me because I don't want to get divorced. So, so my wife is so understanding. I have two jobs. I write for two fantasy sites. I'm on Twitter all the time. I watch football every Sunday and every Thursday and every Monday. I have a wonderful wife and I, I, I kind of out kick my coverage a little bit. She, she's better looking than me. She makes more money than me. I can't blow this man. And so I'm sorry, your podcast is awesome, but I can't, I can't blow the whole marriage thing. So give me a couple days warning and I'll be here every time. I promise. There we go. All right, guys. Thank you uh, so much for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.